I want to go straight to the Word. We're going to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. I just started with this not too long ago in a sermon. Y'all will hear me recite this verse a lot, okay? This verse was the very first verse that basically set up Christian Warriors ministry. We were looking for something that we could put on bracelets, that we could put on flyers and so forth, and this is what we came up with. I love these two verses combined. Somebody say amen if you got there. I was about to say, I gave y'all plenty of time. You should be there by now. Be alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like a man. Be strong. Your every action must be done with love. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I love you. God, I praise you so much. I, I thank you for humbling me this week. Even in those moments of you teaching me, and even though sometimes it might hurt, God, I praise you in those moments. You did that this week for this sermon, and again, I thank you for it. I ask for it every day. Humble me. God, each and every day, I ask that you humble me. God, I pray that every man in this room does the same. Today, you're allowing me to give a word to continue this family series on about our fathers and the husbands of these families. And God, I just praise you for giving me those words. God, in this moment, I ask that every man in this room, I ask that you open their hearts, you open their eyes and their minds, and God, myself included. I'm not just preaching to every man in this room, God. I'm preaching to me up here at this pulpit as well. You continue to teach me. You taught me more this week. God, in this moment, I ask that you anoint me from the top of my head to the bottom of my feet, that you take all pride, selfishness, anger, worry, concern. God, I ask that you strip that from me. You cast it away, and you replace it with your boldness, your peace, your joy, and your breath today, God. God, this week has been a struggle for me. I ask that you get me out of the way. There needs to be nothing of me coming out of this message, God. This is all about you. And I praise you and I thank you so much for doing that. I already feel, I already feel the release, God. I praise you for that. God, the last thing I, I want to pray for is our country. God, give them guidance. And then God, not only that, open their hearts so they'll hear and they'll listen and they'll guide. We praise you and we love you. Help us to love, help us to laugh, help us forgive. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> All right. Oop. All right, guys. We have last week again started, Bo mentioned that, on a series for family. We call it Warrior Family, right? That's what we got. Warrior Family. Okay. Last week we started with how the family should be structured biblically. We looked at Genesis, Adam and Eve, so forth. We put all that together, and we realized that in the family, there is a certain way of doing things. There's a certain order that it needs to be in, which is God, husband, wife, and children under the parents, right? We're going to continue this series on and on, and today I was actually going to preach on being a warrior man. I was going to preach on not only being a warrior husband, but being a warrior father, yeah, that's not going to happen. It was way too much stuff. Y'all would have been really mad at me. We'd have been here about an hour and a half. So 
We're just going to talk today about being a strong warrior husband. That's the discussion today. I know that we've got some single men in the room. We've also got some young guys in the room that are not married yet and so forth. And you think, well, what am I going to get out of this? I told you this last week. I'm going to tell you again. This gives you something to shoot for. I'm going to give you guys biblical guidelines on what to shoot for. And for you ladies that are out there today, you're like, well, why don't I want to listen to this? Well, here's why. This gives you something to aim for. Understood? We're going to start with... I want to go to 1 Corinthians. I want to go back to those verses, Nick, if you could pull those up. This, to me, these two verses are exactly what a warrior man, a warrior husband, should live life like. Be alert, stand firm in the faith, act like a man, be strong. Your every action must be done with love. Now, here's what I want to do, guys. One of the things I want you to see here is that it actually says, act like a man. Now, not every translation says that. Your Bible may not. The Holman Christian does. That's why I read so many different translations. I love this one because it literally says, act like a man. Now, when you have somebody that tells you to act like a man, what does that mean? It means to step up, right? Don't sit in the background. Don't let your family get pushed around. Don't let things happen that will disrupt your family and your household. You're supposed to step up like a man, right? But what I do want to do, I want to take these actual words that you see. Nick, if you could go to the next slide. Alert, faithful, strong, and loving. Being alert. As a husband, you should always be on alert of what it is that might be going on with your wife. Her needs. Um, her health, her protection. You should always be on alert because here's the thing, guys. If you're not always on alert, you need to know that Satan is. Faithful. You should always be faithful to your wife, right? Be faithful, man of one wife. Always be faithful not only in that aspect of man of one wife and to be faithful to her where there's no others, but to also be faithful to her that you will always stand by her no matter what the situation may be. No matter the mistake that she may make or the mistake that you may make, y'all will stand together as one. Being strong, we kind of mentioned that earlier. It's kind of like being a man, right? Being strong. This is where you need to step up. And any time Satan does attack, it's time to step up and be strong. If you weren't alert, step up and be strong. Don't allow him, because there's going to be times, guys, that obviously you're going to slip as a husband, and you're going to allow Satan to come in and attack. It's going to happen. Trust me, it's a daily battle. You're going to go through it. That doesn't mean when he attacks that he won. That means stand up, be strong, and win the war. You might have lost a small battle, but you didn't lose the war, right? Stand in there and be strong. And then the most important one is be loving to your wife. This may be the hardest one for a lot of us guys. You know, a lot of you men may not have been brought up with a, a good father figure that showed you how to be a good husband. You may not have grown up around those type of people in your walk. You may have gone to a church where they didn't focus on this as much. But one thing I can promise you here is you got a lot of godly men sitting around you today. A lot of them, a lot of mentors of mine, a lot of them brothers of mine. A lot of us have been through a lot of stuff, guys. We've got to lift each other up. 
So what I need you guys to know is even though you may not have been brought up around godly people, if you're part of this church, you are now. Reach out to them. Ask for help when you're struggling with situations as a husband. Again, that's what we're supposed to do. As I said last week about the single guys, this doesn't rule y'all out either. Even though y'all might be 10 years from the point of where you think you may be getting married, it's not a bad idea to reach out to some of these older veterans and visit with them, not only about what it's like to be a good husband, but how to strengthen your walk so by the time that 10-year period gets here, you are a stronger husband. <laughs> There's a man on a plane, guys. I want to tell you all this story real quick. There's a man on a plane. Make sure I got my notes right, because if I tell this wrong, y'all are going to just beat me up. So this man, he's flying across country. Another guy's sitting there with him. They get to visit, and they're sitting in first class. And all of a sudden, this other man looks down, and he sees on the hand of the other guy, on his right hand, that he has a wedding ring on, but not on his left. So he asks the guy, he said, are you married? He said, yes, I'm married. He said, why would you ask that? He said, well, you got the ring on your wrong hand. He said, no, I just married the wrong woman. <laughs> the problem is, guys, this is your typical husband of society. Society. This is what society has made the husband. He's the typical guy. Blames his wife for all of his heartaches and failures. But the truth to be told, guys, is she's probably just following the direction and leadership that he has or lack thereof. Let me tell you guys something about society. Society has corrupted marriage. Society has persuaded husbands to be a certain way. But a warrior husband, he takes the word of God, and he makes society adjust to him. That needs to be our whole mindset. Don't let society tell you how to be a husband. You let the church, you let the word of God teach you how to be a good husband. Let's go to Ephesians 5.23. Ephesians 5.23, it says that the man is the head of the wife. For a husband is the head of the wife, of his wife, excuse me, as Christ is the head of the church. He is the savior of his body, the church. I know some of you ladies don't like to hear this. And I know why. There's probably been times in your life that you've been abused by a man. There may be a time in your life that you were abused by a husband, boyfriend, maybe even a father. I get that. It would be hard for me, if I were you, to take that verse and to run with it as well. The problem is, guys, those men that abused you, somewhere along the way, lost their way. Some of them may not have even gotten there. 
Ladies, this sermon today is almost just as much for you as it is for the guys because what this is showing you is how your husband should act, how your husband should be. And the thing is, is if he's doing things properly, and if he's doing things the way that we're teaching today and that I'm going to point out biblically, there will be no abuse. You've married a godly man. I'll say something else about this. I got three daughters. If a man abused one of my daughters, I don't know how I could show grace and mercy. I pray that I would. So for those of you, what I'm trying to get at, guys, for those of you ladies that have been through this, I can't sit here and tell you I understand, but as a father with three daughters that I love more than anything in this world, I can understand some pain. I get that. So it's so important, guys, that we listen to this because here's the thing. It's not even about all of you men that are sitting here in this room today. It's about the younger men that will cross your paths that you get to teach. It's about the sons that you don't have yet. It's about the daughters that you don't have yet. Y'all have to teach them these things, guys, so there is no more abuse. As a father, and I'll get into this in a few weeks, but I'm going to add this point real quick because, again, I have not enough time to get into husbands and fathers today. Fathers will be a couple weeks from now. This was supposed to be a four-part series. It's been extended. But as a father, your job is to protect your children and your wife, right? Your job is to make sure your children are always protected, that they're surrounded by the Spirit, that you raise them right, Men, I can promise you something. If you guard your children in the manner that it says in this word, you will protect them from so much more evil than you will if you don't. We'll get into that in a couple weeks. I don't want to get off topic. There's two things I want you all to notice about this verse. The first is I want you to, uh, it says man is the head of the wife as Christ is the head of the church. Okay, think about this. Man is supposed to lead his wife as Christ leads the church, right? That's, that's, that's something hard to look up to as a man. That's a tough job. You better take it serious. How are we supposed to lead our wives, our family, the way Jesus led the church? That man was perfect. Obviously, we're going to struggle and we're going to make mistakes, but we should always strive to do that exact thing. Every decision that you make with your wife, have the mindset that what would, it's like the old bracelets, what would Jesus do? Literally, that's, that's your thought process. How would Jesus treat this situation with the church? That's how you should treat your wife. The second thing that I want you to notice is the word head from this verse. For the husband is the head of the wife in other words he has headship over his wife headship headship in the bible means governing authority a lot of men however abuse this authority men as the husbands you have this authority of this headship which means that your entire job is building the kingdom through your family starting with your wife so with this headship comes the authority of being in charge of your entire household 
But you need to keep in mind, this means you have to take ownership not only for the family's victories, but also all of your family's defeats. That's on you. Thank you, Mikey. When I counsel husbands, and I mention that they're uh, to take ownership over their wives, and to take ownership over the mistakes of their wives, I, I get this a lot. I get, well, Micah, she won't listen. If I would have known that she was that way, I never would have married her. You know what, guys? That's your own fault. You should have dated her longer. That, okay, okay, you know, but here's the thing, I ain't gonna lie to y'all, here's, you ladies are really good at hiding stuff, okay, like y'all do hide those flaws, okay, my, my, my wife don't have no flaws though, she didn't hide anything, so, but, but some ladies that, that I know of, they, they hide flaws, so, so it reminds me of, uh, I went to Disney World a couple weeks ago, right, y'all, y'all remember I wasn't here a couple weeks ago, uh, <laughs> uh, security, get him, My kiddos, uh, we went to, uh, it was uh, Hollywood Studios. You know, there's like four parks. So we went to Hollywood Studios. We're big Star Wars fans, man. Like Star Wars, that's a big deal, right? Who likes Star Wars? Come on, raise your hand if you like Star Wars. Yeah, y'all showing your age. You like the old ones or the new ones better? Raise your hand if you like the old ones better. Raise your hand if you like the new ones better. Yeah, you new ones have no clue what y'all are doing. Like the old ones, that's the classics, right? So, so anyway, we go to Star Wars World, and we're there, and we're... We're trying to get on these rides, and it's like pretty much brand new, so it's really hard to get on these rides. You haven't waited in line a long time. Time to go through this, I don't know, like an online line. Like, that makes no sense to me. You're not standing in line. I don't, I don't get it. But anyway, so, so you're going through all this. Well, we're waiting, and my wife set up this appointment um, where you can get lightsabers made, like real lightsabers. Like, yeah, you're cool, man. So, but it's the way they do this. See, they take you into this area. And they're showing you all these different parts that you can create your own lightsaber. I mean, there's, there's hundreds of parts out there, and they're all bright and they're shiny. And, and I didn't know this, but in a lightsaber, there's a crystal that goes into the lightsaber. So they got all these different colors. They're real pretty, like purple, blue, red, green. Anyway, it's gorgeous stuff, right? You know, me as a jeweler, I'm like, I got to check that part out. That was, that was pretty cool. So you're looking at all these parts, and you're getting all excited. And you're thinking, man, I get to build my own lightsaber, right? So the kids are seeing it, and they're pumped. Like, they're loving this, and they're trying, they're picking out how they, what they want on the bottom, what they want on the top, what color they want and everything. But this is where Disney gets you. Mickey Mouse got me. I go up to the counter. I thought it had already been paid for. It ain't been paid for. So I go up to the counter. Guy sitting there, he's getting all the stuff that the kids picked out. So I got three kids, right, three daughters. So you got one pile here for, Anna, for Annabelle, one pile for Sadie, one pile... For Caroline, and I'm looking at him like, oh, that's really cool. And he said, well, sir, you need to pay for this. So I thought it was paid for. No, it's not paid for. Well, of course, my mindset was, well, I'm sure it's fairly expensive, right? You know, but here's the thing. You're not going to tell your kids no. They just spent 45 minutes picking all this stuff out and loving all this stuff, right? I got the bill. I went to the dark side. <laughs> I still ain't came back. I still, I still need to pay for those. Like, they're expensive, okay? I'm not going to say how much they were, but $200 a lightsaber is dumb. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. That's just dumb. You know, I was really thinking, like, $75 tops, right? I mean, it's just metal. I mean, it's nothing special. 
at all. But it's because you go in this room and they put it all together. But anyway, that's kind of what you ladies do. See, y'all just show us all this shiny, beautiful stuff. And, and, and then we marry you. And there's like one or two flaws that we didn't know about. And, and it cost us a lot. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm going to hush because I'm going to get in trouble. I'm gonna... <laughs> Moving along. All right, let's go to Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. For husbands, this means love your wives just as Christ loved the church. He gave up his life for her. I want to talk about this word love, okay? Love has been used way too much, okay? Listen, like, I love some strawberry cake, okay? Like, I, I, I love a, a ribeye steak from Ironwood Grill. Like, I love it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I love a rainbow unicorn bang. I love those. Those are, some of y'all are looking at me crazy, but I promise you, it's an amazing drink. Yeah, th amen, right? Yeah. Great stuff. If you hadn't had one and you're really tired, get you one. You won't be tired. I promise. You, you'll feel like 15 years younger. Now, don't drink two because then you, it's really weird, okay? Like, don't do that. But so, so I, love, I love the Dallas Cowboys. I love the Dallas Cowboys. I don't love Jerry Jones, but I love the Dallas Cowboys. I'm a big Dallas Cowboy fan. You know, I love Disney World. Love it. Not Mickey so much after that, you know, expensive lightsaber. And I love my cat. Love my cat. But guys, that word love, that's, that's not what we're talking about. When, when Paul wrote this letter, I think he had a different idea for love. So, so I kind of went and looked it up, the biblical definition of love. Passionately and righteously pursuing the well-being of another. So husbands, you should love your wife. As much as Christ loved the church. I'm going to ask you a question. How much did Christ love the church? To death. Love the church literally to death. So in other words, men, if you're still breathing, you better be loving. I know sometimes that's hard. I get it. After I realized my wife hadn't taken care of them lightsabers ahead of time, it was hard. <laughs> I have men come to me and say all the time that my wife is hard to love. She is rebellious, uh, excuse me, rebellious. She has a bad attitude. She doesn't respect me. <laughs> Guess what, guys? Y'all do the same thing to Christ. That's right. He still loves you. How many times are you rebellious to the word? How many times do you give him an attitude when you don't want to do something that he's asking you to do or something that this word tells you you should do? How many times do we put God on the back burner? Because we're too busy with something else in life. He still loves you. He still puts up with your mess. So when your wife gives you a little attitude... That's what you need to think about. When's the last time you gave God attitude? Mine was yesterday. I've been up all morning working on the sermon, so I've been trying to get in his good graces this morning so I hadn't given him any attitude. But I'm sure by the end of the day, I'll do something dumb. Is yeah, <laughs> he still here? Like, when I said security, like I meant it. Like, 
Where's Stacy Brooks? Stacy's outside. Stacy, come manhandle you. Better watch out. Mm. Something else about Ephesians 5.25. This one caught me. Jesus sacrificed himself for the church, right? Men, in the same way, we need to sacrifice ourselves for our wives. I mean, he gave up his life for the church. Bojo will like this, all right? Men, this is a good analogy to give you if you're, you know, if you're a baseball fan. Bojo was a big baseball guy. All men want to hit a home run, right? Score the points, get the fame. That's what they want to do. But every once in a while, you've got to take a sacrificial butt. You've got to take one for the team. That should always be our thought process as husbands. It's not about us, guys. There is no fame for you. You are now one with your wife. We learned that last week, right? Any fame that comes is y'all's. It's no longer yours. Every dollar you make, every victory you have, you share that with your wife. If you have a good day at work, for instance, like myself being in retail, if I have a good day at work, when I come home, I should share that with my wife. As a pastor, if, if I counsel somebody and we help get them on the right path, I should share that with my wife. Not every detail, by the way, I don't do that. Some of you guys are like, did you tell my wife what I said? You should always share those victories with your wife and take the sacrifice to do it. A warrior husband is also called to be his wife's sanctifier. The biblical definition of this is to set something apart and to make it special. If you remember a few weeks ago, I talked about those, those dishes, those fancy dishes, you know, the ones you only break out once a year. You put them up in the, in the china cabinet. You keep them in a whole other room. You set them apart from the rest of the dishes. That's what you do with your wife. Sanctify. Last week I told you guys that uh, go home and tell your wife that she was fashioned. You know, we talked about that. Now you go home and say, baby, I sanctify you. Okay? You put both those together. If you didn't score points last week, you'll score points this week. Okay? Put them together. It'll work. Men, treat your wife like she's special. If you want special treatment, if you want special treatment, treat your wife like she is special. Again, that's, that's kind of the problem that I see. If you think you've married the wrong woman, start treating her right and see if she's the right woman. Back in the Renaissance time, men, fathers, would, would give their daughters away to be married by men, and they would bring, you know, cattle, horses, gold, silver, whatever it may be. But back in the Renaissance time, there was a father, he had two wives, or excuse me, two wives, sorry, two daughters, well, it got real bad all of a sudden, two daughters, okay? One daughter was, was, was a looker, okay? Real good-looking girl, just real pretty, you know, 
just petite, whatever you want to say, whatever, whatever, okay? Just real pretty girl. The other one w was a little homely, okay? Like, we'll just say the first one's name was Amanda, because that's my wife's name, and she's beautiful, and we'll say the other one's name was Helga, okay? <laughs> Do we have any Helgas in here? <laughs> I'm afraid to get a lot of trouble, right? If I'd have seen a name go up, I'd have changed that name real quick. I probably, our hand, I'd been like, Okay, so, so let's just call them that, right? Amanda and, and Helga. So this guy decides, he gets in touch with, with the father, and he says, I want to marry one of your daughters, and he brings 10 cows. 10 cows. That's a lot of cows back then. That's a lot of cattle. That's a lot of money. He's showing this man that one of your daughters is worth these 10 cows. I mean, when the man got it, he probably really thought, you trying to get both my daughters? Like, what are you doing? So anyway, so the man shows up, and he's going to pick out the daughter, and of course, the father assumes that this man is going to pick out Amanda. Well, he doesn't. Takes Helga. A year later, the father goes to visit her and her husband. And this woman walks out that he doesn't recognize. This woman has changed her appearance completely, changed her demeanor completely. She was very shy, very late, just sat back, didn't say much. She'd probably been, you know, put to the side for a long time in her life. But this girl comes out and hugs her father's neck and just loves on him and she's singing and she's joyful. And the father looks at her and he says, what happened to you? How did you change? And she said, when that man said that I was worth 10 cows, I was fixing to be a 10-cow woman. <laughs> Helga. Guys, treat your wife, not like 10 cows, by the way. Let's think of something different. Treat your wife like she is worth what she's worth, which is priceless. A warrior husband is also called to be his wife satisfier. Men, if your wife has a need, it is your job to fulfill this need. Women have emotional needs. Women like to talk. <laughs> Mike, you better be quiet. If you notice, I didn't say they like to listen to you talk. Like they, they like to talk. They just want us to sit back and listen, Okay. That's, that's usually how that works. But, but men, have you ever noticed that, that sometimes, sometimes they won't talk at the worst times? You know, like during, during the football game, you know? Like, you know, fourth quarter, you know, two-minute warning, tied ball game, you know? Dallas Cowboys got the ball left and go score. And, 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 and your wife wants to come in and she wants to talk to you. That, that, that warrior man done disappeared, like, don't come in here and interrupt my football game. But, but you know, that's, that's what women like to do. They like to talk. Guys, listen. Listen to them. Slow to anger. Quick to listen. Right? Man, I'm going to tell you right now, if you want a better home life with your wife, just shut up and listen. It makes all the difference in the world. My wife's going to watch this, and the next time she comes in and talks to me, and I don't want to listen, she's going to be like, you said at the pulpit to shut up and listen. She's, she's going to throw it in my face, I guarantee you. It's going to happen. They have emotional needs, guys. 
you know, if you remember when you first started dating your wife, uh, you were trying to win her over, you did pay attention to all of her needs and her wants, you put on a front, you know, you gave a lot of effort to woo her, whatever you want to call it, right? You know, you're giving her flowers and teddy bears and, you know, you're taking her to nice restaurants and, you know, you open the door for her and you're doing all these great things to win her over. I mean, come on, guys, I'm right, right? Like, that's how it works. You know, but the problem is you stop doing it. When you marry your wife, you're still dating your wife. Treat it that way. Treat your wife like it's a first date. These are just things that I've mentally tried to do that, that have helped. I think they have. I'm glad Amanda's not here to tell me if it didn't help. You need to try and win her over every day. That should be your mentality. Try to win your wife over every day. If your wife is not paying any attention to you, you want her to pay attention to you, um, you want her to start paying attention more to your needs, you need to go back to the thought process of how am I treating her? The next time that she's not paying attention to you the way that you want her to pay attention to you, when's the last time you did treat her like it was your first date? Has it been months? Years? You want respect? Respect her. These wives are loving this, man. I'm getting grins all over this place from these ladies. Y'all don't laugh, though, because next week I'm going to get y'all. It's the wife's turn next week. I'm excited about that. Well, kind of. I'm a little scared, but <laughs> I'm going to finish. I want one more story, guys. You know, one of the things, <laughs> you go to a restaurant, and, and, and you sit there for a long time, and the waiter finally comes out, and you're getting poor service, right? Like, it takes them forever to get you drinks, you know, and, and then when they get you drinks, they're wrong, and then they bring the food out, and it's cold, and the problem is, is the waiter still wants that 15 to 20% tip, right? still want that. I don't always pay it, by the way, if they don't do a great job. I'm going to give them something, but I may not give 15, 20%. But here's the thing, men. I promise if you give service to your wife during the day, if you give her great service during the day, you might get a bigger tip in the evening. We're going to move on. I want to finish this up, guys. I, I got to finish after that, okay? Let's get in trouble. My elders are looking at me like, what did you just say? Are you serious right now? Listen, this is a real church, guys. Real stuff happens, okay? And we're going to talk about real stuff. We're not going to go into detail, but we will talk about real stuff in this church. Amen? Isn't that, isn't that how it should be? Right? We're all men. We're all women, right? Am I right? Okay, so seriously, guys, step up your A game. You want attention? Give her attention. See what happens. And I'll tell you something else that'll help you, not only in that area, but for the rest of your life and your marriage. Men, and I've heard me say this a bunch, and I know I've wore a bunch of you out on this, and some of you ain't going to want to hear this. Pray with your wife. Pray with your wife. That's big. Am I right, Tristan and Bryce? We just had that discussion. By the way, I bragged on y'all last week. Y'all give them a round of applause. Those two right there are seriously the perfect model of what it should be like to have two young people, Christian leaders, 
getting married. Love you guys. Love you guys. But pray with your wife, guys. Here's the reason why that is. When you're praying with your wife, and first of all, men, I need you to understand, and, I, and some of y'all, we've talked about this before. I've had one-on-one -on -one conversations with a lot of you guys about this. The first time you do it, it's very uncomfortable. It's very uncomfortable. It's not fun at all, okay? But isn't it always hard to take that first step? When do you grow the most in your walk? When you step out of your comfort zone. You want to grow your marriage? Step out of your comfort zone. Guys, the great thing about praying with your wife, if you're struggling with something, if you have a bad day at work, if you're stressed about something, see us men, see where women have emotional needs and they like to talk, men are the complete opposite. We're physical and we don't want to talk about anything. Especially things that are bad. He said, amen. <laughs> Especially things that are bad, right? Like you don't, you don't want to talk about a, a loss. You want to talk about the victories. But when you pray, don't you pray to God about those losses? Don't you pray to God to help you grow in those situations? When you pray with your wife, she hears that. You become very vulnerable. A wife needs to see you submit to God. That is the ultimate submission right there that a wife can see. Women, we're going to discuss this more next week. The role of a family, right? Man submits to God, woman submits to man, but I'm going to stop right there because what you need to understand, if you're not seeing your husband submit to God, it's time for you husbands to submit to God. Let them see you do that. Don't just talk about it. Don't just talk a game. Yeah, I go down and I pray and I visit with God and I'm submissive to God every morning at the house and your wife doesn't see it. She's got to see it, guys. Action speaks louder than words. Amen. If you want your marriage to go from level C to an A+, plus, start praying with your wife. It makes a big difference. And I'm not talking about this now, I lay me down to sleep mess. I'm talking about really pouring your heart out with the situations that you're going through and the things you're struggling with. Be very open. Be very transparent. Watch your marriage. It will grow tremendously. That attention you want, you show attention to God, God will make sure she gives you attention. Right? You also need to be praying over your wife, guys. And what I mean by that is there's a difference in praying with and praying over Every single morning, you guys know I'm an early riser, and every single morning my wife's still asleep. And I go over and I put hands on my wife. And I claim victory over my wife. I claim no pain. I cast Satan out of my wife, away from my wife. Don't even come close to my... This is, this is what I... Guys, every day I do this. That should be how you start your day. Before you walk out of that house, you take dang sure you're praying over your wife and your kids. We'll get to that in a couple weeks. Guys, pray over her. Treat your wife as yourself. That's biblical. Treat your wife as yourself. If you pray for healing and protection over you, why wouldn't you claim that over your wife every day? 
Last and most important, guys, the best thing to do to build your marriage is what I mentioned earlier, and you're going to hear me say this every week. It will grow a marriage. It will grow a family stronger. It will make you into a warrior family. Be submissive to God. Gentlemen, do not back away from him. Anything he asks, you do it. Submit to him. Ask him what he needs. And again, let your wife see it. Let your kids see it. Each and every day. Amen? Grab a pen and paper. Get your phone out if you want to take a picture. Whatever. I got notes for you guys. I'm going to need security to surround me today because I have a feeling I'm going to have some mad men at me. And the security's like, I ain't helping you. <laughs> Write this down, guys. Husbands need to take on the role of a leader, but with the heart of a servant. You are truly serving your wife. Christ served the church. Over the next few weeks, there's going to be some touchy subjects. I think we've proved that in the last two weeks. But again, guys, this is a real church. We're going to talk about tough stuff. I'm not going to sit up here and preach rainbows and unicorns. I'm not going to do that. We're going to talk about real life, real hurts, real struggles, real situations. Some of you men may not be very happy with me after today. I get that. First time I heard a sermon like this, I didn't like it either. Got punched in the teeth. Got my toes stepped on. I said it before, I'll say it again. I'm not aiming at your toes or your teeth. We're aiming at your heart. If we're going to build our families, if we're going to build our children to be the next strong generation of Christian warriors like Bo was talking about, it starts with the husband. Your children are watching how you treat your wife. I promise. I promise. Make sure you're setting a good example. So that way your daughters, if you have daughters, know what to look for in a man. Because however you treat your wife, that's probably the direction she's going to go when she picks out a guy. If you've got sons, and forgive me, I don't, so I may be a little off here, but the thing is... You need to be setting a strong example for those boys. However you treat your wife is probably how they're going to treat theirs. Always keep that in the back of your head. I know it's hard. There's going to be times that you and your wife, you'll get in arguments and so forth. One thing that I highly recommend is that you do not get in arguments in front of your children. I bet you a lot of the older guys in here will agree with me on that. They don't need to see that. Get behind closed doors if you're going to have an argument. And let me tell you something. When you get behind those closed doors, you better respect your wife and you better love her like Christ loves the church. I was sitting over here in prayer. God gave me a few things that I want to mention to you guys. You men. I need you all to understand. I am not the perfect husband by any means. I have made a lot of mistakes. My pride definitely gets in the way as a husband. I have no doubt about that. It did this week. A couple times. 
you know, it's funny. Every time, <laughs> it would be funny that, you know, my pride would get in the way and disruption would come in my home and it would be the husband's fault the week that I'm supposed to preach on husbands, right? You would think, you'd think he'd give me a little more grace and mercy than that, but he didn't. But what he was doing, honestly, guys, he was teaching me. I made that mistake, but he was teaching me. Through that moment, he was humbling me. I ask every day, God, humble me. Every day I ask that. People think I'm crazy. But guys, the thing is, and men, y'all need to be doing this. Every day, get on your knees. God, humble myself so I will learn and I'll be able to grow my family in a stronger way. That needs to be your prayer. Humble me, God. Teach me. Because let me tell y'all something. If God's humbling you, he'll teach you what it is that you need. And it will be in a moment that it won't embarrass you. When you get humbled on your own, you're going to get embarrassed. When God humbles you, it's a teaching moment. It's not embarrassing. I promise you. And here's the thing. You may think it is, but it's not. Because what happens is, is again, he's growing you in that moment. And what he'll do, sometimes he'll put somebody on your path that might humble you. But they're a believer. If you're asking him to humble you, he will humble you. And he'll humble you the right way. Be humble, men. That's where I struggle. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, praise you. I thank you again, God. Thank you for the word. Thank you for giving me those, those last seconds. God, thank you so much. I just, again, I pray submission over these men, God. I claim that they are submissive to you to grow not only their marriage, but their household, the community, the country, and so on. Because that's what happens, God. It starts in the home. You've shown me that many times. We're not going to quit saying that. It starts in the home, and it starts at the top. So God, I pray over these men today that they make great decisions, that they love their wives, that they start praying with their wives if they're not already. And God, I ask that you take the hearts of both the husband and the wife and you combine it as one and you just grow a home in your way, which is the mighty way. Help us to love, help us to laugh, help us forgive. Amen. You guys are dismissed.